You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So I've got two grandchildren, and I never knew how great a blessing it would be to be a grandparent until I was a grandparent. And I think we've got a picture here. It's just an incredible blessing. So we've got my son-in-law on the right. Uh, Tracy's next to him, my wife. My daughter is next to me. And little Cruz, he'll be four in uh, September, a couple months. He's in the middle there. And little Knox was 16 months yesterday. And those boys, they just bring me such incredible joy. They love to hang out with me. They love for me to read to them. They think I'm funny. <laughs> and we, we just, Tracy and I get to watch them a couple times a week, and we just, it's just been such an incredible blessing in our lives. Would you guys, would you raise your hand if you had a grandparent that made a big impact on your life? Wow, that's incredible, that's incredible. And some of you guys are benefiting right now, some of you young families from awesome uh, grandparents. I've got a couple uh, great grandparent uh, quotes here. First is from Mike Krzyzewski. He's the uh, coach at Duke University. And he said, it's funny what happens when you become a grandparent. You start to act all goofy and do things you never thought you'd do. It's terrific. So, Tracy says, Jeff, you're too serious. Mr. Serious. So even Mr. Serious here gets all goofy and has fun and sings. I think only Cruz and Knox and, and Tracy know. I don't even think my daughter knows. And then Tracy, she gets really goofy and has a lot of fun. Next quote is from a gentleman, Sam Levinson. He's an American humorist, and he said, the reason grandparents and grandchildren get along so well is that they have a common enemy. I'm not going not to touch that one. So just like being a grandparent has been an incredible blessing in my life, guys, small groups, have been an incredible blessing in my life. I've been in a small group most weeks the last 16 years. What a blessing. So just like me, just like I didn't know what a great blessing grandparenting would be, some of you may not know what a great blessing it is to be in a small group. Maybe nobody's ever told you. We've got a picture now of our small group that we're currently in. We are super blessed, Tracy and I, to be with these folks. We were missing Al and Marsha that night. They've been traveling this summer, and we were missing Gary and Rhonda. They were busy that night, so we missed you guys. But uh, incredible group, incredible group. So if we could look at Psalm 133, uh, verse 1, should be on the top of your outline there. 
how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. So uh, a small group is a great place to practice unity. The small groups that I've been a part of have been mostly good and pleasant, but there's been a lot of transparency and gutsy testimonies that have really helped grow the groups. So you may be new here today, and you're thinking, what's a small group? So a small group is a group of of friends. They get together on a weekly basis. They talk about God, the Bible. They enjoy each other's fellowship. They listen to each other. They encourage each other. Just have fun. Here's a great quote from Steve Gladen. Steve is the pastor at Saddleback Church in California, and he said, a healthy small group is a a community of people who challenge each other to become all that God has destined them to become. So you guys that are in groups now and that are going to be getting in groups really encourage you in a loving way to challenge each other in your groups, and you're, you're going to see a lot of growth. So crowds like this are great for worship, but you can't get the the personal attention, the accountability, the prayer support that you need. And we, you know, I need that stuff, and so do you guys. So if you're not in a small group, you're missing out on these blessings. So what are the blessings? What are the big blessings of being in a small group? Number one... A small group's me handle stress better. A small group helps me handle stress better. Galatians 6.2. Help carry one another's burdens, and in this way, you obey the law of Christ. So we're to carry and help each other with our burdens, and a small group is a great place to do that. Do you guys ever get stressed out? I do. A group will really help you with that. So, quick example. It's Father's Day, uh, 2014. It's our first uh, Father's Day after our son had died. And Tracy's going to make me a nice dessert. So we go to church. And does anybody own or know about Cutco knives? They are sharp. So it's like 1 o'clock. She's got an avocado. Boom, it slips, boom, right through her hand. Tendon, nerve, muscle, all the damage. I see the, like thin, but like a hose. So her being the old ER nurse, wraps it up. I said, I'm going to call 911. No, no, no. So we get in the car. I'm driving her. She says, I think I'm going to faint. I'm going, I'm not the old ER nurse. What do I do? So we're going to Oro Valley. There's a surgeon that she knew, takes care of her, looks at it for like 10 seconds, you need surgery. So I think she had surgery Tuesday, the surgeon was doing something Monday. Anyway, long story short, small group there at the hospital, praying for us, supporting us all through that. So it was wonderful. Probably my favorite verse of the day, uh, this uh, Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10, and 12. Two are better off than one, because together they can work more effectively. If one of them falls down, the other can help him up. 
But if someone is alone and falls, it's just too bad because there is no one to help him. Two people can resist an attack that would defeat one person alone. A rope made of three cords is hard to break. So what a great verse. I don't want to be alone when I'm in trouble. Notice I said when, not if. You know, think back when you've gone through trouble in your life. It's always easier and better when you've gone through it with support. So I'm sure glad we had a small group when our son died very suddenly four and a half years ago. First phone call was to Scott from our group. Second phone call was to Cesar in our group. Third phone call was to Steve, uh, one of our elders. Small group, you know, if we didn't have that small group, may not be standing here right now. They were just an incredible support to us. Acts 2.45, great verse. They gave to anyone as he had a need. I also think Tracy had major back surgery 10, 15 years ago. Think about the support of the groups. We got meals provided three, four weeks. Our group helped. Other groups jumped in. People that were working full-time would go get meals, have them delivered, or uh, deliver them themselves. I was getting phone calls like, do you like Olive Garden or Tony Roma's? Yes, yes. So just a blessing to uh, have a small group. I wrote down all the problems my groups have gone through in the last 16 years. We've gone through bankruptcy, kids overdosing, actually twice, anger issues, death of a child, kids in jail, illnesses, injuries, where people couldn't work for an extended period of time, drug addictions, marriage issues, kid issues, and on and on and on. Every major crisis you could think of we've gone through, and we've been there for each other, and it's bound us together. You guys may have heard of the show Survivor. Mark Burnett's the producer, runs it. And I was listening to a sermon a couple years ago, and the pastor knew Mark, and they like to put one Christian on the show. And then Mark talks to him afterwards, and one after another says, I can't believe how weak I was without the Christian, the fellowship of other believers, just how weak I was. So I don't know what's going on in your life right now, but one thing I do know, you're either in a crisis right now, you're coming out of a crisis, or you're getting ready to go into one. A small group will provide a safety net for you. If you're not in a small group, I'm concerned for you. Second big blessing of a small group. A small group provides encouragement. A small group provides encouragement. Proverbs 12, 25, great verse. A word of encouragement does wonders. We all love and need encouragement. I see it every week in my small group, people encouraging each other, people loving each other, people laughing. 
So when I think of encouragement, I think of my wife. She's encouraging week after week, but I thought of a couple specific examples. Had a young man in our group. He was early 20s. Addiction issues, had trouble getting a job, trouble keeping a job. She would listen to him, encourage that kid every week. Another young lady in our group, probably four or five years, early 20s, mental health issues, trouble with, with jobs, week after week, listening, encouraging them. A week ago Thursday in our group, I said, hey guys, write down for me some of the big blessing you've had uh, in the small groups you've been in. So I'm going to read one now, and I think I got one or two later. So somebody in our group said, small group is like family. They are there for you all the time. They lift you up when you're down and laugh with you when you're up. So that made me think of this uh, Swedish proverb. A shared joy is double joy. A shared sorrow is half a sorrow. So you can go to your group and say, hey, my kid made the soccer team. I got promoted. I got something, project done in my yard, you know, and you all encourage each other. Or it might be, hey, my daughter didn't make the cheerleading team. Struggle in, the, in our marriage. Got some bad news financially. You know, people can put their arm around you and encourage you. And it just, it just really helps you. So in a small group, you, you get the floor if you need it. You can kind of say, hey, guys, here's what's going on in my life. I'm going through something tough. You're not going to get judged. You're going to get encouraged. And most importantly, small groups are a safe place. So we've got like 10, 10 guidelines that we go through. And when I read it, and I read it every time we get a new person, I go over them and I tell them probably the most important guideline here is what what's set here stays here, guys. Third big blessing of a small group. A small group provides prayer support. A small group provides prayer support. Matthew 18. Also, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about something and pray for it, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. This is true because if two or three people come together in my name, I am there with them. I don't know how exactly that works, but there is so much power when you pray in a group, guys. It's incredible. Couple uh, comments from uh, people at our church. Uh, one young lady put this on Facebook. Small group prayer filled a hole I didn't even know I had. I love you guys. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. Nether, this is on a connection card. Our prayers are being answered in our small group. So it's so comforting when other people pray for you. It makes you feel good. I like to watch people's faces as they get prayed for and just see that tension you know, filled with peace. Recent example for me, five, six, five or six Thursdays ago, I said, hey, group, I'm going to be up here uh, July 22nd. I need prayer. So they've been praying week after week. 
And as you see the results of prayer, you know, it gives you confidence. It gives you confidence. Some special prayers that stand out for me over the years be when our son died. Our son, uh, Brandon, he was at University of Oklahoma struggling in algebra and Spanish. That group, what we were in, they, I swear they prayed him through those classes. And then when Tracy and I have had marriage issues. I'm going to invite Loretta Taylor up right now. Her and Leroy have been in our group for about three years. And we prayed for Leroy's great nephew, Logan. Boy, Loretta give you the details. It seemed like a couple years, but we prayed for that young guy week after week after week after week. And she's going to come share about that. Thank you, Loretta. Yes. So you're going to need that. I'm on. So it should be. You can do a little testing. And thank you. Appreciate you. Um, I think it should be. Oh, okay. There we go. Sorry. I had it muted. Hello. <laughs> there we go. You're on. Please bear with my nervousness. Um, Logan is Leroy's great nephew, and in uh, June of 2007, at five years old, he was diagnosed with neuroblastoma. It's a rare childhood cancer, and he fought the cancer. They gave him surgery, chemo, radiation, and started him on a T-cell experimental treatment um, with 39 other children, and eventually Logan went into remission, and for eight years he was cancer-free. And then in, um, of the 39 children, only Logan lived. And in July <clears throat> of 2015, can you hear me okay? <coughs> Excuse me. In July of 2015, we had bought a home here in Oro Valley after motorhoming here in 2013 and finding this church, which motivated us to make the change as God opened those doors. So as we were moving here, we got the call that Logan had relapsed and he was at stage four. That cancer is very aggressive. And so we came into this church and we started writing on our little cards for prayer for Logan. So many of this church have prayed for Logan. And as Jeff and Tracy invited us to the small group, we all began to earnestly pray and seek the Lord for Logan. And God would anoint people around the group to pray every single week. And within a few months, Logan was healed. His doctors were amazed. Again, they had repeated some of the treatment, and they, of course, tried to take the credit. But we know that God had saved Logan once again. Amen. <laughs> so Logan was cancer-free 
And at 13 years old, he returned to junior high and to a teenager's life. Friend, you know, he had many friends. His winning smile and his grateful attitude was an inspiration, his fighting spirit. Everybody loved Logan. And then in February of 2017, Logan had back-to-back -back viruses. His immune system kind of dipped. And once again, Logan became sick. And on March the 7th, Logan went to be with the Lord. And so, you know, you ask the whys, and we asked the whys around the group. And there was a celebration of life in Seattle where he lived, and it had to be held at the junior high gymnasium because there were so many people. And as classmate after classmate came forward, it became very apparent that someone had gotten Logan into young life. And many of our prayers were answered because Logan had accepted Jesus Christ. <laughs> Praise God. So the time that he was cancer-free, God had a plan for this young man, and that was to give him eternal life. He came from a family that did not know Jesus, and yet he was a beacon of light to all of them. And at his memorial, so many kids came forward after these students had gotten up and told about Logan's life to receive Christ himself. There were thousands of people there. Logan's father is, is not a Christian, but he did a lot of the uh, writing and the blog that Logan had. And they, they had three things they always said Logan stood for. Inspiration, inspire someone every day. Challenge yourself to live to the fullest. And lastly, and most important, flash that Logan strong smile. It will definitely make someone's day and your day better. And to that, Logan would have added, it is great being in the presence of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he would also say, Please pray for my brother Peyton, my father Jason, and my mother Kelly. Um, and that's what our small group is doing today. Uh, they have split their family, and Peyton's not in a good place. His grades are dipping. Grief does horrible things. But as our small group in this church prays for them, I know that God has a plan for their life. And I praise the Lord for setting us in a small group where we can share our joys and our sorrows. We can hold one another up, we can laugh, and we can cry together. And Tracy reminded us the other day that we also come there to show our faults, and it's a safe place to do that. And God says, not only repent to him, but share it with another person. It's a safe place to do that. And as we share our faults, God, miraculously shuts the door on the enemy and sets us free. That's what small groups are about. Fellowship and joy and love and the agreement in prayer that is so strong, all in, an, all in obedience to what Jesus tells us to do. So thank you, Jeff and Tracy.
Thank you, Living Word Chapel. Thank you, small group. Thank you, Loretta. Praise you, God. Thank you. Awesome job. Thank you. So each time we, we, we pray together, we're blessed and our faith grows. Uh, Romans 15, 2. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking, how can I help? So small groups are a great place to practice unselfishness. If I can be a pretty, pretty selfish guy and just, you know people are in pain all around us and get focused on tasks and just, just miss uh, how to help people. So God, God's working on me, and I think I'm getting a little bit better. So at LWC, we have something called the bigs. And they're on the back of your bulletin every week. They're up on your screen. So it's B is the best Sunday worship experience. I invest one day a week in your small group. G, give family what they need, your time. And S, strive to make a difference in the community. Today we're focusing on the I, invest one day a week in a LWC small group. So why do we encourage everyone to be in a group on a weekly basis? You know, number one, people are friends. They like to get together. They like to hang out. And when you do that, your faith grows. We grow together. Number two, life's problems are daily. How about you guys? You're getting phone calls, texts. We got daily problems. I don't take a week off or I don't take the summer off of my marriage. I don't, I don't do that with my group either. I don't take a week off or I don't say, oh, we don't take our summer off. Most important, the devil does not take a day off. He's plotting to get us every day, guys. You know, we need a small group. If Tracy and I, if we're going to be on vacation or we can't make it, we uh, ask somebody else to, to host. And we've been blessed over the years with more, most often, somebody steps up and does that. So that's why we have the eye in the bigs. So I encourage you guys, invest one day a week in a small group. I love this quote from Bill Willits. Bill is the executive director of ministry environments and one of the founding staff members at North Point Community Church. That's where Andy Stanley is the pastor. And Bill said, if a person is not known by a few and intentionally committing to walk through life, with other people, that'd be a small group, speaking into their life, we know they can live in self-deception. They can live in a way that is not challenging or encouraging them to grow in their walk with Jesus Christ.
The fourth big blessing of a small group is a small group helps me apply God's word better. A small group helps me apply God's word better. Acts 2.42 says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. It's an incredible blessing to see yourself growing, to see the people growing every week in your group. You know, I, every week I get challenged by the DVD studies that we do. I get challenged by the uh, people in my group. For me personally right now, I just see God putting it on my heart to really a desire to, to get in his word more and more and to apply that, work on applying it into my life. In our group, you know, you might see people starting to pray that don't always pray. Maybe they're starting to serve at church, talking about how they're influencing, impacting their neighbors. It's just great to hear that stuff. Great quote here from Andy Stanley, pastor that we just talked about. He says, we grow in circles, not rows. So the small group is the circle. We're in the rows right now. So church, it's great to be come to church. Great to do your individual Bible study. But I think where you're going to really grow is in your small group. You're going to get to ask questions. Here you can't, you know, Pastor James is talking, you can't say, time out. You know, I've got a question. In a small group, you can do that. In a small group, you're going to be encouraged. You're going to be held accountable. Thinking about our group, um, last couple weeks, um, the study we just finished, it would have something called checking in. So we did checking in this week, and it was how did you do in your quiet time and your prayer time the week before? So it was great. We had like three quarters of people more, gave a little 30 seconds. Hey, went great. Um, one gentleman said, hey, his, him and his wife are doing daily devotions and praying together. You know how powerful that is, guys? To be praying with your wife and doing devotions. And then he was honest enough to say, we missed a day. So he felt it was a safe place where he could, he could say that. And then with VBS coming up, you know, we meet every Thursday. We said, hey, guys, why don't we, instead of meeting this next Thursday, let's all go and help at VBS. Everybody said, hey, great. So we're going to do that. And then we found out there was a need. There's going to be pizza tomorrow night. So everybody said, hey, let's, let's chip in and help with the cost of the pizza. So just great to see your, the generosity in people's hearts, servants' hearts, just you know, just brings me joy. I just love it. I saw this on a church website just like 10 days ago. really liked it. It says, we plug people into groups. That's where real discipleship happens. 1 Corinthians 14, 30 and 31. This is the message paraphrase. Take your turn with no one person taken over. That way... Each one gets a chance to say something special from God. And you all learn from each other. Um, Christy, if you keep that up for a second. So take your turn with no one person taking over. I like to say everyone participates, no one dominates. Everyone participates, no one dominates. So for you small group hosts in there, you can tell your group that. That way each one gets to say something special from God. 
Now, I see that week after week, God saying something special through the people in our group. And you'll learn from each other. And we learn from each other. Thinking of the uh, car accident um, example, who's going to see, say you're going home and there's an accident, who's going to see more, one set of eyes or six set eyes? One set of eyes or six set of eyes? That's a question. Six, thank you. Same thing in a group. Another three, uh, one of the three by five, somebody in the group, so thank you guys. I don't know who said what, but somebody said, study with everyone, impressive insight into all God and Jesus' words. My group has lots of wisdom. And here's a connection card from uh, one of our services. I really like the new Transform study. It has opened my eyes to see things in a different way. I love being part of a small group. So you're going to see things in a different way. We're better together. So the fifth big blessing of a small group, a small group helps me make friends. A small group helps me make friends. So there's a saying at, at healthy churches, people aren't looking for a friendly church, they're looking for friends. They want genuine relationships. You know, God wired us that way. 1 Peter 3.8 Finally, all of you, live in harmony with each other. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. What a great verse. Get to practice that in a small group. I want to talk now to, about the blessing of long-term friendships. And I think we got a picture here. Tracy and I were in a small group uh, with these guys and their wives for about five years. We have not been in a group together now about four years since we've been here. This is the group that helped us through Brandon's death. The guys now are, I think it was week, month five, we are meeting once a month for breakfast just to listen to each other, encourage each other, love on each other. This was at Neater's a week ago, uh, Saturday. Uh, Jeff is on the far right. Scott is next to him. He was my first phone call when Brandon died. Cesar is next to him. He was my second phone call. And uh, proud of those guys. Since we've left, they are now both been asked and are serving as elders at their church. Uh, an anonymous quote here. Small groups are like quilts, pierced with memories, bound with love. I think us four couples, you know, we're bound together with, with love. We got so many memories. We went through so much stuff. We're going to be buddies for life into eternity. Connection card. Thank you for our small group. The fellowship and friendships are developing. Thankful to know that we are never alone with it. I love that. We are never alone. We are never alone. Another connection card. Our small group is amazing. I can see some special relationships developing. Great study here by Lifeway Organization. They did a study that surveyed Christian members in churches and discovered that in the average church... Only about 50% of the people in a church 
say I have developed significant relationships with people in my church family, but in people who are in groups, it's 90%. 50 versus 90, guys. In the average church, only 42% say I know my spiritual gift and I'm using it to serve God and others. But for those in a small group, 75%. 42 versus 75 In a church, only 45% say, I find myself thinking about Bible truths throughout the day. But for people in a small group, it's 75%. 45% versus 75%. You need a small group. If you're not in a small group, you're missing out on God's best for your life. A Twitter tweet here from a, a gentleman named Ben Reed. You need a small group as much as a small group needs you. So I've been talking today about, you know, you need a small group, and I'm going to encourage you guys here to, to get in a small group. But I love what Ben says there. You're needed. Somebody out there needs your love. They need your encouragement. They need your prayer support. So not only do you need a group, somebody out there needs you guys. So to get the blessings that we've talked about today, you need to be in a small group. Eight weeks from today, we've got a campaign coming up. It's going to be an a eight-week New Testament challenge. Pastor James, super excited about it. You're going to be rested up, ready to go. We're going to get you guys in the Word like you never have before. So what's a campaign? So Pastor James will preach on Sunday for eight weeks. He'll pe- preach through the New Testament. During the week, you'll read your New Testament, and then you'll go to your group, and you'll discuss it, and you'll get encouraged, and you'll, you can ask questions. Hey, I didn't understand what, what Paul was saying here, or what was James saying here, and you'll be held accountable. So for that campaign, we're going to have host opportunities that we talk about. Host is heart for people. You've got to like people. Open your home or your workplace, or you can meet at a Starbucks. Serve a snack or a drink and turn on the DVD. So start praying about who, about two friends that you have, or get one friend and have them get another friend. So I'm going to ask you a question now, and I don't expect anybody to raise their hand. Who does not have any friends in here? Gotcha. So y'all got friends to invite. So, if you, um, if you have a couple friends and want to start a group for this campaign that starts eight, eight weeks from today, September 16th, write on your connection card, start group for New Testament campaign. And if you're out there thinking, why would I wait for these benefits? Why would I wait eight weeks? Put group this week on your card. And I'll call you, get you in a, get you in a group, or go back to the info center You can see the eight groups and get in one of those groups this week, or you can start a group this week. A couple great connection cards here. Thank you for the opportunity to host a small group. What a blessing to see the Lord move and truly transform people. This is the age of miracles. God is alive. You will be so blessed by hosting a group, you won't believe it. Another connection card. It took me five years to join a small group, and it's the best thing I've done in a lifetime, in a long time. 
the girls in my group have connected. Start getting these on a different level, sisters in Christ. Don't wait five years to get these blessings. Start getting these blessings this week. Love this next quote. When I were talking two, three weeks ago, knew I'd be speaking on this, and he said this, and said, I'm going to write that down. We all struggle when we're not in fellowship. So I think that's his observation from, what, 20-plus years of ministry. And my kind of thinking about that would be, you know, life is hard. You know, we're better together. We need a group. So probably the most common, as a small group pastor, why here people won't get in groups. I'm too busy. I don't have enough time. When things slow down, I'm going to get in a group. So we, when I hear that, I think of this quote from Zig Ziglar. People often complain about lack of time when lack of direction is the real problem. So if you get in a group, you're going to have the blessings of handling stress better. You're going to get encouraged. You're going to get prayer support. You're going to be able to apply God's word better in your life. You're going to make friends. We all get 168 hours in a week. Do you think it would be wise to take two of those 168 hours to get all these blessings? Yes. Yes. So again, if you want to join that, get into that New Testament campaign that we're really excited about, Put start a new group for New Testament campaign, write it on your card. We'll start praying for you about which friends you should reach out to. If you want, you know, group this week, like a, why would I wait for these benefits? I want to jump in now. Uh, write that group this week, and uh, we'll be in touch with you. So some of you uh, here today may be living life on your own without Jesus Christ. You may not have a personal relationship with God. If that's you today, make this your prayer. You don't have to say it aloud. As I read it, you can say, me, me too, silently. But Jesus, I don't understand all this. I just know I need you. I need to be saved from my sin. I need to be saved from myself. So I'm opening my life and my heart to you today. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to come into my life, to put me on the right path, to show me how to live a life that's pleasing to you. I surrender to you. I ask you to save me and to be my Lord, to direct my life, and I pray that in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you guys, if you committed your life to Jesus just now, would you mark that on the connection card? Pastor James and I and staff love to start praying for you. God bless you and have a great week. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more.